It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today, we'll be speaking with Robert S. Banker, Korean War veteran. Good morning, Bob and Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Bob and Jen. It's great to be here. It really is. Oh, uh, well, we are thankful to have you here. Well, and, I'm thankful uh, too. And uh, we're not, uh, well, as thankful as the, the amazing Korean people are um, for um, the sacrifice of all of our soldiers um, uh, that, uh, that came to their aid. And it's just a, it's a beautiful story uh, that you've, you've experienced and we're going to learn more about today. But first, we have complaints. We complain every beginning of every show. All right. Uh, and you can add a complaint. Well, um, go ahead. Mine is about myself, but it ended happily. On this way in this morning, I was in a rush. I left my wallet on the table. I go into this long line at Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, and I order a bagel and a coffee. And then I realize I don't have my wallet, so I say to the gentleman, uh, cancel that order, I left my wallet home. And he, uh, big long line. And then he looks out again, comes around, looks out, he goes, you can come through, pay me next time. <laughs> so they gave me my, my order and... Uh, I think that's great. Dunkin' Donuts, room 543 at 136. Good folks over there. But then someone tailgated me. And that's my other complaint. Tailgaters don't realize how dangerous it is. And they don't realize how slow I'm going to go once I realize <laughs> they're tailgating me. You well, have you should be keys? careful. You have to be careful of the vehicle in front of you. That's your responsibility. Yep. You have any pet peeves? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, I that's, don't go down that road. You go with the flow. My flow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm only 60, so maybe I'll learn that by the time. Let me put it this way. The day my engagement to my wife was announced on November 7th, 1964, and she lived in the suburb of Montreal, that morning, Saturday, she called home to let her parents know. We knew each other only three and a half months. That's November 7th, 1964. On November 7th, 2016, she had an emergency surgery and she's pronounced passed on that same day. 52 years exact. So it's just memorable. God bless her. God bless her. I don't know what we recognized in each other, but boy, it lasted 52 years. 52 years. Two, two lovely girls. You know, you know what's, it's, hard, it's hard to pick up in your book, but... Uh, you think a lot of your daughters, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love your references to your daughters. Uh, you got to spend a little bit of time with Katie and um, at, at her school and uh, sound like wonderful people. And yeah, The object of the book was uh, each chapter is each day. Whatever I did on that day from the day I locked the house to leave, there wasn't much that could be said. Until other days, like October 1, when it ran three or four pages. 
So it just depends on what the activity was. And yeah, I do have lovely daughters, and a, I had a magnificent wife. And uh, a blessing for you both. You were both um, a blessing to each other. So God bless her. And Thank you. She done good. Yes. Thank you for everything. And thank her for keeping you on the road. Uh, you want to do some trivia? Sure. Yeah, let's do something. Let's We're going to stump Mr. Banker. We may stump Mr. Banker. We may, we may also stump Mr. Mumby. We'll see. All right, so we're going to ask some questions. If you know the answer, just jump in. All right. Bob Bob claims to know a lot of trivia, so we like to try no. to stump him. I don't claim to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What three-parting catchphrase is engraved on Mel Blanc's gravestone? I have no idea. Oh, Bugs Bunny? Yes, the voice actor. Yep, Mel, Mel Blanc What's up, Doc? Bugs Bunny. Nope. No? No. So the Looney Tunes slogan, that's all, folks. Oh, <laughs> I thought of that. Good sense of humor. Yes, Amen. one last parting shot, right? Amen. That's great. Um, the process of making cow's milk safe for human consumption is called what? Pasteurization. Yes, sir. Excellent. What is homogenization, then? I have no idea. But milk is apparently homogenized. I'll have to look that up. I will look, we'll look that up. I think it has to do with making the cream... The cream itself with the rest of the milk would be... Separated, right? No, no. The homogenization is there together. And all form one, so you have homogenized milk. Whereas if you had regular milk, you'd pour off the cream from the top, and then the oh, okay, the the, the, the fat less milk that remains, you would pour separately. I worked in a mayonnaise, the Hellman's mayonnaise factory, when I was uh, in college during the summers, and we had to homogenize the oil. We had a there was a ref the oil refinery. We would get in these big trucks of linseed oil, cottonseed oil, and mayonnaise is so much of it is oil and eggs. It's that's what 80 98 percent of it is. And we had in the refinery, they added one hydrogen molecule to each of the oil molecules to bind the oil to the eggs. Otherwise, same thing. Uh, it would just be the oil on top and the eggs on the bottom. That's fascinating. That's what they do with margarine, don't they? We had a margarine plant, too. But we got all the grunt work. <laughs> like when the margarine was bad. This is in the summer. We used to have to put... This was like Mazzola margarine with the foil mm -hmm. wrapping. Right. We have to put them in this big vat that steamed it and melted it. And then we had a take all the wrappers out because they recycled the oil back then this was in 76 77 so the oil was extremely valuable so they, any any that went bad they recycled the oil how did we get on that i don't know but it kind of just makes me want to go back to churning butter myself <laughs> <laughs> well when my first year there we had a bunch of folks must have been 75 we're egg crackers They'd crack eggs all day 
And then the next year, when we showed up, uh, they were tank trucks of liquid eggs. Um, so the government made Hellman stop using real eggs and switch to liquid eggs because the liquid eggs could be pasteurized. So we come full circle. No more egg crackers. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> but I'm moving on. Okay. What else do you have? <laughs> um, the song, 76 Trombones, first appeared in what, 1957 the musical? musical. Then. Yes, sir. I love that movie. We got trouble. Right here in River City. Yep. <laughs> with a capital T. <laughs> and Marion the Librarian. Yes. And Ron Howard. Oh. Seven year old or so. Mm -hmm. The young boy. Opie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and Robert Preston. Yes. Oh, he was good. I liked him. Um, in 1952, Albert Einstein was offered the presidency of what country? Well, I was out of country at the, uh, that year, so I don't know. Okay. Ah, Bob? alibi. Germany? <coughs> no, Israel. Ah. Isn't that interesting? I had never heard that before. Well, Israel uh, actually received statehood. Uh, uh, it was recognized uh, in 48, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. What U.S. nonprofit organization sells about 200 million boxes of cookies each year? Oreo? No. It's a nonprofit that sells these cookies. Were your daughters Girl Scouts? Oh, Girl Scout cookies. Yes. 200 million boxes of cookies every year. Well, my theory is that when it comes to Girl Scout cookies, only those that are mint pass my threshold. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes. Chocolate thin mints. Yes, I love them. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> love them. I don't have any of the others because I just their first choice. <laughs> Do you put them in a freezer? No, in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you did you ever hear about that test that most MBAs fail, but most six-year-old children get correct? No. Question was, how do you get a tiger in a refrigerator? Okay. The answer is you open the door and put them in. <laughs> the MBAs that would, you know. Sure, they try to make it more difficult. Then how do you get a, a lion in a refrigerator? The MBA said, well, you open the door and you put them in. And the six-year-old say, no, you open the door, take out the tiger, <laughs> then put the lion in. <laughs> well, live and learn. That's right. Uh, let's see. Um, Oliver Twist was the second novel published by which English author? You wrote uh, Lady Miserable? Um, mm, no, Dickens. Yes, Dickens. It was Charles yeah, Dickens. Dickens. Who wrote Lady Miserable? Is it, uh... I haven't had my coffee yet, Bob. <laughs> Victor Hugo. Yes. Well, he wrote The Hunchback. Did he also write Les Mis? Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh. All right. See, I need to drink coffee in order to be intelligent. Well, thanks to my friends at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you have your I coffee. I have my coffee. He's one up. <laughs> we have to wing it. I know, right? <laughs> All right, one more question. Okay. Executives of William Randolph Hearst's Media Empire conspired to stop the release of what 1941 film? Citizen Kane? Yes. On, Amer on American Film Institute's 
list of the the best movie ever made? Number one or number two? What's number two? Godfather is also... Negative. No? Casablanca. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Casablanca also has the most quotes in the top 100 movie quotes of all time. I never said play it against Sam. No, it was play it Sam, right? He played it for her. I don't know what he said, but I didn't say that. Everybody thinks he said it, but he didn't. He said play it, Sam. You played it for her, you could play it for me. Good movie. Louis, this look, this uh, it looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Round up the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> Gambling in Casablanca, I'm shocked. <laughs> all right, that's all I've got for trivia, Bob. Do you have any... Uh, I do have one thing. Anything? Yesterday, um, 109 years ago yesterday, August 22nd. 1910. 1910. Japan annexed Korea, which remained under Japanese control until the end of World War II. I thought they did that in 1906. Um, well, AP, it wouldn't be the first time Associated Press is wrong. But they did annex Korea one way or the other. Now, did they commit similar atrocities in Korea that they did in China, the Japanese? Of a, of a different sort. Uh, they dominated the country. Uh, the Koreans had nothing to say, and everything was dictated to by the Japanese. And they also had these famous ladies who assisted, which still reverberates today. Really? If you get a chance, read the book Flyboys by James Bradley. He wrote Flags of Our Fathers because his father was one of the six soldiers who raised the flag on Iwo Jima. And he wrote a book about the six men. Three of them died on the island, never came home. And uh, he wrote a book called Flyboys. Talks about It was about... Among other things, talks about George Bush and getting him getting shot down. The elder. The elder. He, he was shot down twice. George 41. Um, and it talks about the Japanese. It's, it's about Chichijima, which was the next hop on the, uh, the islands that we had to take to be able to fly our, 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 our bombers from... Saipan, I guess. And, um, it shortened the distance. Shortened the distance and cut it in half. But amazing book, but it talks about the cruelty of the Japanese during those times and the cruelty of the Japanese in China and Nanking and etc. Flyboys by James Bradley. Okay. That was good. Mr. Banker, you uh, hit it out of the park. Oh, I... I'd like I have, to think so. I have a trivia for you and Jen. Name the only two people that are in the Baseball Hall of Fame that never played baseball, never managed baseball, was never front office baseball. Well, I don't really watch too much baseball, so I have a little chance of It was being based successful. upon a, a comedy routine they did. Oh. Abbott and Costello? Yes. yes. <laughs> Who's on first? Yes. I don't know. Third base. <laughs> they are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's awesome. <laughs> Shows they have a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> I still love that skit today. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. 
it's absolutely okay some quick news then we'll go to break and get down to the real business at hand um uh new trial date has been set in the workplace shooting of uh rady prince 39 of elkton and believe it or not in october it'll be two years the granite factory this uh this lunatic and they may judge him to be a lunatic but as long as he's incarcerated somewhere that's fine but uh, a new date has been set the defending attorney uh, had asked for an extension to further um, study his mental fitness to stand trial it'll be good to finally have some sort of closure with that situation so. yes indeed um, can't even imagine just going into your place of business and having being faced with that and luckily we they've caught the two i would say gentlemen but they're not uh that have been robbing were you aware of this they've been robbing crab shacks and snowball stands yes no, i have heard that they finally caught them and they're in this harford county detention center without bail they 13 burglaries in 11 days um Wow. The, but the crab shacks and the snowball stands mostly, which often are with the snowball stands, they're teenagers there mm -hmm. working them. Uh, I guess this is all a, a bad news day. And thank you for the, uh, the Aegis um, for great reporting uh, on all this. The teen who murdered Officer Amy Caprio was sentenced to life um, yesterday. But he is eligible for parole, and I don't, still don't know how I think about that. Because um, he's a minor at the time. Okay. And I think the Supreme Court has said something on that subject, that they should be eligible for parole. Um, okay, well, I guess, what do they say, better one? Ten, ten guilty men go free than one innocent man. Um does not so we'll leave that one and um that is that on the news all right well we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll continue speaking with mr bob banker our korean war veteran today a universe of stories is the 2019 theme of the Harford County Public Library's Summer Reading Challenge for children and teens that run through August 31st. While supplies last, each registered participant gets an awesome tote bag and a coupon sheet filled with great offers from Harford County businesses. The public elementary, middle, and high schools with the highest percentage of Summer Reading Challenge completers will win a trophy. More information can be found at hcplonline.org or by picking up a copy of the Headlines and Happenings newsletter or at any of the library locations. Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library. And that is Bob Mumby. And this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Ro Robert S. Banker in the studio with us. I'm just going to continue calling you Bob if that's all right. Mm, perfectly good. Okay. Bob is a Korean War veteran and is very involved in the Korean War Veterans Association. In September of 2000, he joined the Baltimore Chapter 33 of the Korean War Veterans Association, and he has held each elected office plus other duties such as a member of the Honor Guard. From August 2001 
the organization was in the formations for the pre-game ceremony before each Ravens football game. In June 2005, he was elected as a director of the National Korean War Veterans Association for a three-year term. In 2008, he was elected, elected as a second vice president of the national organization. Again, welcome, Bob, and thank you so much for coming on. Well, this is just tremendous. Looking forward to it. And uh, thank you for um, for your book, because this is such a beautiful story. Um, it's such a tribute to our soldiers, such a tribute to the Korean people. And well, that is really the reason I, 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 I concluded it that way. It evolved into a thank you, because they never forget at any time whether they're five-year-olds or whether 105-year-olds and any age in between, they never forget, and they're such beautiful people. And at the end of, um, end of your uh, forward, you say that um, uh, we are all comrades. Um, yes, at that time I visited the National Cemetery in Seoul, much like ours in Arlington, and it's a, just a time of of a great emotion that I could walk amongst those, the Koreans who had served and lost their life. There are more Koreans casualties than there were U.S. casualties, but that's the fate of war. I was going to ask you about that because it, you mentioned 180,000? Yes. No idea. They were slaughtered. They had no background of military craft at all. Uh, but they have since corrected that. So tell us a little bit about Bob Banker. Uh, where were you born and raised? Tell us briefly from... I was born in St. Mary's Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And later on my family moved uh, ultimately to a little town called Baldwin on Long Island, about 20 miles east of New York City. And I was raised there and then left there when I was drafted into the Army, so I was drafted November 8th. Where's I, your New York accent? Pardon? Where's your New York accent? Your New York accent? Well, my sister has it. <laughs> <laughs> because when I came back from Korea, I then ventured into other towns. I joined a company in Denver, Colorado, and stayed with them for 40 years and uh, moved from about six or seven times, so my accent got eroded over the period of time and just became what I am today. But my sister, if she sat here, you'd say, well, she's a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> and that company was Sun Life of Canada. Yes, Sun uh, Life of Canada. Very well. Very grateful for them. Uh, great reputation. I'm from the financial industry. And I think one advantage I had that nobody else had, the fellow who was in head of the office itself named Les Williams. He was a colonel in the United States Army. He served in Guadalcanal, amongst other things, in World War II. So here I am, a Korean veteran, so maybe I had an advantage. <laughs> that band of well, brothers uh, assisted with, with finding work after the war as well, right? Yeah. yeah. As well it should. As well it should. Um, so, um, 1951, November 8th, you mustered uh, at Camp Kilmer in New Jersey. Yeah, that was the morning my father drove me to a 
town nearby, and for the draft board to get a local bus and be transported to that uh, uh, Camp Kilmer in New Jersey. And that was the day I raised my arm, as others, to swear to uphold the Constitution, the Constitution, anything and everything within the Constitution, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, I was a Rutgers boy, so I know Camp Kilmer or where it was. Uh, yeah, there I got the new fittings, uh, you know, a nice new uh, khaki garment and stuff like that. And um, an interesting thing, Camp Kilmer was named for Joyce Kilmer, was it not? Yes, yes. Who was a poet who served in World War One? Saw a ton of action in World War One, fighting 69th. That Jimmy Cagney movie. I know that. Uh, I know the movie. I've seen that. Okay. Okay, enough of that, though. So, um, uh, you were then you went to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and you uh, went to Fort Smith and just transferred from a troop train to a bus going to Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Okay. That's where I took my basic training, infantry training, and then artillery training, a total of four months. Okay. Then tell us, uh, uh, tell us your arrival. Tell us what was going through you. Tell us about what you saw while there, if you can. In, um... Well, uh, if the sergeant says do this, you do it. <laughs> you don't mess around with the sergeant. His last name was Coffin, true. C-O-F-F-I-N. <laughs> I never knew any other name, and I assume it's true. That wasn't a made-up name, but he was a veteran of Korea itself in the early part, and he was then training new troops, and you could you rest assured that if he got into your face, which he did to everybody, it was to your benefit. And he said things that are not permissible today. People would be embarrassed to say that. Well, I'll tell you what, it helped anybody and everybody because you're going into war and you need anything and everything to help you get through that. And he was the guider. He would stand there and have his back arched to the backwards, so counting cadence and anything else. And he saw that we were trained as he felt did the, the, did the should be did, trained. Did the soldiers, did you and the other soldiers realize then what he was doing and what, what its purpose was, or was it just that this... No, the purpose this, wasn't declared until uh, basic training was over when they gave you your orders. Many people went to Germany because we had a large contingent there, four or five hundred thousand, and uh, they needed people in, uh, in, in Korea as well, so some went to Korea and, and more went to Germany, actually. But only then did we find out. And I had about a three-week... Uh, two or three week leave time and then caught a flight from LaGuardia Airport in New York to uh, Seattle and took a bus there to Fort Lewis, and, which is on the side of Puget Sound, and then a 17-day boat trip and had 17 days coming back and the last time I ever put my foot on a boat. Well, you use a term in your in your book that uh, my father always used, so and I guess it... Uh, um, I guess military men and women uh, use it. it was a, you hit the, it was time to hit the sack. Yes. <laughs> now, what was the sack? The sleeping bag? Wherever you had, that was the sack. Whether it was just a blanket, a, 
a bed or a bench or a hard wooden thing with a, with a sleeping bag on it like I did over in Korea sometimes. And just hit the sack when it's time to go to sleep. And, and the smoking lamp is now out. And you were quite a dapper young fellow there, very photogenic. <laughs> Bob is smiling at... <laughs> well, I have to tell Jennifer that I have a bridge I, I'm going to sell him. <laughs> is it in Arizona? Well, that, that was taken when I was uh, the first one, uh, two days in the Army. A little uh, cub scout, you, if you will. And did you have any idea what the next two years no, no idea. held for you? No, no, no. And the last picture was taken on a, an inspection in Korea. The, we had a new captain and he decided to have an inspection, what they call a full field inspection. So you lay out all your gear and everybody does and lined up and so on. And halfway through, as he was walking with his entourage, the sergeants and so on, and, and the lieutenants uh, uh, ticking this off and ticking that off, we had incoming artillery. Uh, and that was the last inspection we ever had. <laughs> Had, uh, I don't know why we had that as the first one, but uh, other things he decided he wanted it, and that's the way it was. Now, tell us about the voice you talked to. Uh, People won't believe this, but it's absolutely finally true. Finally the voice you talked to. Tell absolutely us the... true. I met the person who has the voice I spoke to in 1953 when I returned last October. And how it happened, he was a lieutenant with an army regiment called the 27th Regiment of the 25th Infantry Division. The nickname was the Wolfhounds. And he would call in firepower every now and then. Well, I was associated with the 8th Field Artillery Battery B, and we had 105 Howards, and we supplied the firepower that whenever it was called upon. And if you think of the TV series MASH and Radar and that switchboard, I operated the same, the very same switchboard. So every now and then he would call in when he had to, and of course we had no sort of conversation in, in a way. He'd just say, yada, 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 and once so-and-so, so I'm connecting with so-and-so. That was it. But now, 66 years later, last October, we're talking. He was wounded in June, so he went home and in June of 53, and at that time I went home, my tour was up. But it had to be that at some point during the six-month period, when he called in, I would have been on the switchboard. And I think it's just absolutely fabulous. Wow. And you, he was literally calling in. He wanted firepower to get those uh, <clears throat> hours going. Which, in that, that transfer of information, say, uh, clearly saved thousands of lives. Well, that's the object of it, yes. And this was either for air cover or for... Uh, for troops. Before advance? Or... Uh, the Howards were not for air and anything. They were, they were not uh, built or designed for that purpose. They simply fire in on the enemy who would be advancing. Wow. So, coming home, uh, it, it looks like that... Uh, Sailing under the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, yes, I can see that. Left an impression. It did. And the impression of this, and you might think of it as kind of crazy, but uh, when the boat was getting close to the Golden Gate Bridge, I was looking at the smokestack on top of the ship, 
and I was looking at the Golden Gate Bridge, and I thought, oh, well, I, I, I'm sure you know that maybe not. <laughs> because when you're looking from, from below, looking up, it looks a lot larger than it is. But anyway, we sailed under it. <laughs> Just can't, can't forget that. And then docked a little bit later and then got off. And then stayed there for two or three days, final processing. And then we transported by DC-3, a small aircraft, uh, sort of like a, a bus stop in Denver, a stop in uh, uh, Kansas City, or a stop in Nashville, Tennessee, somewhere. There were five stops and t when we finally got to, again, to Camp Kilmer to, to get off. And a few days later, I met my father and then walked through my house, my home. Did your father ever um, admit to you how overcome he was with joy when he picked you up? Well, he was. They were more overcome when they got my letter saying I'm coming home. Because they had to worry at all, all the time. Whatever it was, they didn't know what was going on. Well, I didn't know until it went on. <clears throat> but they had to know that, uh, well, one day the, they could have a phone call or maybe a chaplain knock on the door because there was evidence. And sometimes I thought maybe I'm not coming home except in a box. But that's the way of war. You have no choice. Uh, things happen, and but nothing happened to me, thank God. Well, <clears throat> and it's about time. I, someone saying what you said. If it sounds like I'm boasting or bragging, I am. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the American Legion. Uh, I wanted to tell my my comrades there at the American Legion in Bel Air what I had done, because this was now their their first meeting in October, and yes, I was pumped. <laughs> yes, and if boasting, absolutely right. I was boasting, and I got quite a lot of compliments. As well you should be. Absolutely. And we're talking to Bob Banker, and if you get a chance, uh, how can f folks pick this book up? Is it only available at the library? Can they? Is there a number they can call if they want to buy it? Or Well, it's at the uh, Bel Air Public Library in a specific... Uh, uh, shelving, which is dedicated to persons who write their own subject matter, and they have it there. And, and it's local, the, the local authors. Local authors. So. And the name of the book is Revisit to Korea, September 29th, 2018 to October 4th, 2018. Robert S. Banker for Armed Forces Day. 70th anniversary of the... That's the founding, uh, the... the of, of the Republic of Korea at that point. Okay. And f one question. Did you actually stand in that tower on the 1,800 feet up on that glass floor? Or did the lot... Ta lot well, I have to tell the public that the glass floor was exactly that. The regular floor extended but the last 20 feet were of glass, and you would look straight down. And this is the 118th floor on this building, which opened up a year previously. And the answer is, I came to the edge of the, of the glass floor and looked. <laughs> yes, sir, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> Everybody I have met, except one person, said, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not going on that thing, because you're looking down, and then I'm looking down at apartment buildings at 25 and 30 stories high and they're puny and here well 118 floors of, wow mm -hmm. no I, I i didn't wish to go on it unbelievable would you have gone out there bob would you have walked out on that i'd like floor? to say i would 
because in certain ways I love heights, but in other ways I'm scared to death of them. But at the library gala last year, yes, the virtual reality, yes. it was a similar thing where um, uh, they had a virtual virtual reality machine. You put on these this headpiece, and you were literally up on top of this huge building. You felt that you could see it. And the person operating it said, okay, now step off. And I knew I was on dry land. I knew I was in the Abingdon Library, but I couldn't step off the edge of the building. So I'm guessing I wouldn't have. <laughs> I've only had one person say they would have walked onto it. Um, but I, I've talked to many, many, so it's just one out of dozens and dozens. Well, the Grand Canyon just did something about 10 years ago. They have something like that. Uh, you walk out on a glass platform and you're looking straight down. So tell us, <clears throat> um, I'm going to read, or how about you read? Would you like me to read it or you read it? You read it. What, what are you reading? Um, <clears throat> what page? This is uh, this thing, page 13. You received a medal and, uh, and a proclamation from the Minister of Patriots and Veterans Affairs, Republic of Korea. Yes. Uh, the Ambassador for Peace proclamation. Yes. And they it, give that to every veteran. And it says, "Is it a great? It is a great honor and pleasure to express the everlasting gratitude of the Republic of Korea and our people." for the service you and your countrymen have performed in restoring and preserving our freedom and democracy. We cherish in our hearts the memory of your boundless sacrifices in helping us reestablish our free nation. In grateful recognition of your dedicated contributions, it is our privilege to proclaim you an ambassador for peace with every good wish of people of the Republic of Korea. Let each of us reaffirm our mutual respect and friendship that they may endure for generations to come. They are most sincere. Absolutely sincere. They're, no matter who may say this or write this from the lowest to the highest, they are absolutely sincere. And you've alluded to it that this is not something, okay, they're going to have this little trip for you guys and then go back to business. This is something that is imbued in all of them from youngest to oldest, so yes, this is absolutely. this is part of their the, their life. This is part of their this is, culture. This is part of who they are. Yes. And just reading that, um, it it makes it you realize how powerful it is. Um, restoring and preserving our freedom. Yes. And democracy. The Korean War in this country has gotten the reputation of being the Forgotten War, but I tell you, the people in Korea itself will never forget. It's so beautiful. I have good friends. There. Uh, you you probably know uh, Jim Bridges. Not familiar with that person. Jim did a trip like this. He was a Korean War veteran. Lives in Falston. Um, and his, our friend Pam, his daughter, went with him and his wife over. This was about five years ago. Um... So, talk to us a little bit about um, the schedule they put together for you. It, it sounds like the whole country was at your disposal, almost. 
Oh, that's the way it was designed, yes. To celebrate the October 1st date. Uh, left here on a uh, Friday, uh, I think it was the 29th, 28th, 28th, and arrived in Korea at 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m., uh, that Saturday morning. So you learned about jet lag. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. Uh, I could have, but I didn't. Huh. What, what had happened, uh, to, to the public know, the 3.30 a.m. is my time, Eastern United States time, but the Korean time is not 3 a.m., as a matter of fact, it is 4 p.m. in the afternoon when I arrived their time because there's a 13-hour difference. Mm -hmm. So when we finally got, uh, got out of there and on the bus taken to the hotel, <coughs> then um, it is now around 6.30 a.m. and I'm looking at the sun setting. <laughs> <laughs> but it was 7 p.m. their time and it was right on the time set. But I, my time was still East in the United States, and I, I get a good chuckle out of that. But that yeah. night I had a good night's sleep, and I never had jet lag. That's when you hit the sack. That's yeah. where I saw that. Yeah. Um, but you didn't hit the casino. No, that's not me. Good for you. I would have hit the casino. I probably lost a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did once, and I did. Uh, so, <clears throat> and again, you 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 talk about. So much, so many times, you, the immense gratitude. Uh, you had uh, lunch um, with the president. Yes, this was a function, not just with the president. About two hundred people, dignitaries in, invited, uh, uh, illustrious persons within the government. Uh, everybody and anybody who was anybody was there. Uh, but there were only twenty-four veterans from the Korean War, and they had to be there at some point during the war itself. If they missed it by one day, it was too late. That's the way they, they looked at it. And they honored us, and I thought it was just fantastic. Uh, each table was a round table. There were 10 people around each table. And the president was 10 feet away from me, and I could see him. He had about 12 people sitting at his table. And it was just nice. Afterwards, the president, Moon, and the, his first lady sought out each and every veteran came to us and they sought us out to express their personal thanks. I thought it was just stupendous. Hmm. Really something. <clears throat> Tell us about the third infiltration tunnel. There was a official visit uh, and it refers, maybe you didn't go on that. It, it mentions the third infiltration tunnel. Was there tunnels? Oh yeah, there, yeah. Uh, these are tunnels that were built from North Korea into South Korea that the North would use to launch a particular invasion by secret. Well, at the time when everything was stopped, they uh, uh, sealed off these tunnels so people could go down there. You just get on a little riding car and just, well, not me, I didn't want to go down there. Uh, instead, they had a gift shop there and I bought a cap that I'm wearing now, a baseball cap, which says, what does it say? It says Panmun Jun, DMZ. I think it's pretty neat. Right did, there. Did you get a sense of uh, um, what it meant to, means to the Koreans to be living so close to this dark regime right across the DMZ from them? They are on guard all the time. 
They take nothing for granted. And they're ever watchful. And uh, they don't take the the chairman of whoever is, is, is there from the time the first kin, the second kin, once they went out of the third kin. Uh, something they have to prove and they've something they may have expressed and stated that they would do A, B, or C. Well, they didn't do A, B, or C, and the South Koreans are always ever watchful because the North Korean government is, is unstable in that sense. Maybe there's progress now, and who knows in the future something will happen to it, but up until a year ago, no one ever thought anything would happen. So we'll have to see, and at least it's a, a positive thing going forward. And another reason for their immense gratitude because I can't even imagine it were it not for our uh, vigilance and support and no. protection. I might add too, in another time, I was back there in 2003 and uh, I went to the Panmunjom area where these huts are that have been filmed where Chairman Kim, President Moon and President Trump have stood, but I stood there in '03. <laughs> Same Hudson. Um, I can't even imagine. Um, how was the food over there? We had the best of the best of the best of the best. Wherever we went, it was the best. Well, you the, mentioned the, the scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah. Some of it was not to my liking due to maybe emotional reasons and such like that, but... Uh, it was all labeled in, in Korean, so you had to sort of pick out the food by, by view and just looking at it, well, that looks like meat. <laughs> and the other looks like kimchi, and the other looks like, oh, what does it look like? I don't know. It's, it's for Korean something or other. I do have, uh, personally, a weakness for bulgogi, so I noticed yeah, that they served that best. for you bulgogi? there. Bulgogi, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. It's a good recipe. Now, tell us um, about the drawings you had done? Well, these, these drawings I had done, I had to bring something home to my daughters. And uh, we stopped at an open-air market, looking around, see if there's some souvenirs, you know, you pick up, and I thought, well, they're, they're all run-of-the-mill things, and they didn't bother me. And then I came across this one booth where there was an artist there, and it turned out he would create whatever you wanted. So I thought, well, wait a minute. I will ask him, and I did ask him, can he simply have their name, their first name only, in the Korean letter configuration, not, not English, and embellished as he wishes, and yes, he could do that. And he said that would cost uh, 10,000, yeah, 10,000 won. But when you calculate that the exchange rate is a thousand to one, it was only ten dollars, <laughs> and that was pretty good. So I decided I get one for Katie, and one for Allison, and one for another friend of mine, and one for Anonymous. So I got four of them, forty dollars each or forty thousand in Korean. And then when I returned here, I got them framed and such at a local place, and then distributed them as a as a gift from a very unique, very unique, to the. Uh, my daughters and to this friend. Highly unusual. Uh, so nothing, you don't. Uh, nothing you want to share about the anonymous. 
Well, then, if I share anything about the anonymous, then the anonymous is no longer anonymous. Okay. <laughs> and the anonymous needs to be kept anonymous. Is it Korean? Is that person Korean? I, or? I, I, I can only say that if you speak Korean, you will understand. Okay. And if you don't, well, that's the way it is. Well, then, <laughs> we don't, so your secret is safe with us. <laughs> My lips are sealed. <laughs> Something tells me that nothing will unseal them unless you want them unsealed. Um, what was your rank when... Uh... When I left, I was corporal. Okay. The, uh, the fellow who was in charge of our unit was a sergeant, but he uh, was there when I got there and left a few weeks before I left myself, so there was no opportunity to move upwards, and so they made me a corporal a few weeks before I left. That's fine. And I love this little story you're giving Katie hers, um, and she tore the birthday paper immediately off the drawing. Yes. And it was at her school. She's a teacher? At her school. I just went down to, she's a school teacher. And at the end of the school, she had 15 minutes, and that's all we had together. That's fine. I want to give it to her before her birthday. And, uh, yeah, she sat in the car, and I told her what I had, and, yeah, and she tore the birthday paper. Oh, she loves it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tr what's Tropic Lightning? That's the nickname of the 25th Infantry Division because they're based in Hawaii, even though they aren't there very much, but they're, they're, their base and where they were formed is Hawaii, so Tropic and then Lightning being very quick to respond in anything and everything. So it's an appropriate name. They, 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 they really stand tall with that one. Then the tour guides were, were pretty amazing. Huh? Yes. You, you mentioned the tour guides, how, how knowledgeable they were and... Yeah, the one, uh, Sharon, I forget her last name right now, um, she was the leader, and when we would get on the bus to go somewhere, she would give us a historical view of what it was we're going to and where and what. Oh, my God, well, talking about a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> and then I had a personal tour guide myself. And then here we have, is this, is this the list of... So that's the, the list of the 24 names. Mine's down near the bottom. We're going to read those quickly, because they deserve to be read. Uh, Gregorio Vigilar, Ionis, Plumacus, Esefa, Bedin, Colin Khan, Max Vinton, Fong, Bamrungrak, Hanafi Korkut, Ali Riza Yurtnak, Raymond Baer, Rose Lockoff, Ivan Holshausen, Robert Piquinard, Harry Hawksworth, Douglas Finney, Umberto Caceres, James... Argyres, Bernard Smith, James Schumann, Edward Mitchler, Legal Whitmore, Narcisco Caliva Jr., William Honeman, Richard Edwards, and Robert S. Banker. All right, have the other one initial. I don't know why, but that's the way it was. What does the S stand for? Is it like Harry Truman? No, no, Harry, his S is made up just to give it three letters. He does not have a middle initial. That's right. Middle name. That's right. That's another good one. <laughs> so, anything you'd like to add, Bob, um, about this whole experience? Uh, you wait, when you wake up every day, do you realize how much of a difference you've made in your life, uh, what it's meant to so many folks, your marriage, your, your family, 
your service to our country, your service to Korea, your great career with Sun Life. I just had the basic idea of writing a diary and simply expanded from that, add this and add that and add the other thing until now there's 17 pages of type and, and uh, 47 pages of pictures and other things. Uh, it costs $1,000 for all these to be done. I've got about 35 of them and I've given to the particular people, like I've uh, given several to the Bel Air Public Library, Mary Haskler. I've given one to the county executive, one to the county council president, and I picked those two because some months ago the uh, county executive arranged a donation of over $12,000 to a foundation which will put down the names of those killed in action at our memorial in Washington, D.C. So I thought this is just in thanks to him and his grateful uh, insight and to the county council president for having seen it pass and received a check around $12,000 based on about $410 per uh, deceased killed in action soldier. Well, that county executive's public information officer and director of governmental and community affairs is a big fan of yours. Yes, indeed. One of the biggest, uh, in fact, one of the best, and uh, absolutely. Talking about she, uh, Cindy, my wife. She uh, hosted a, uh, a 60th anniversary celebration we had at the same Bel Air Library, and uh, uh, very nice. I got to meet her at that time, and it was just the start of a nice friendship. She's great, and she's got a pretty good husband, too. <laughs> <laughs> She thinks that sometimes. <laughs> and your inscription to Mary Hassler when you donated these books. Uh, Ms. Mary Hassler, many thanks for your past efforts and helpfulness to the Korean War veterans. Do enjoy. Kindest regards, Bob Banker. And I think she honored that request. Uh, she did enjoy. And so have we. And folks, go out to the library. Take a seat and spend uh, spend some time with this book. It is rich with so much. And also rich uh, in tribute to someone who you met and the next day you had your first date and six months later you were married in 20 degree below zero windy weather in Montreal. And all you said yes. about it, it was a beautiful day. Well, how could it not be? <laughs> <laughs> there was not a cloud in the sky, but with the wind 20 gushing to 45, there's no clouds up there. Beautiful yellow sun, but it was 20 below zero. It was Montreal, so it's entitled to that, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I guess that's where Sun Life was based, right? Yes, in Montreal. Okay. Well, God bless them all. I'm fond of saying that when I met her, <clears throat> if I can digress for a moment, it was about 85 degrees in Montreal on July 18th. Oh, my goodness. And uh, that, that is a heat wave in Montreal. So the pools were open, and uh, when I entered my building on the outside uh, 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 staircase, uh, on the third level where my apartment was, and these two women were talking. One was obviously pregnant, and uh, being courteous, I said hello, and... And the other was not, obviously. Uh, she was obviously in a red and white bikini. And so I took my breath away. And three and a half months later, I proposed marriage. And 
Six months from that day, we were married. 52 years. So you knew when you first saw her? I had a, a good idea, but didn't know anything like that. Did she know? No. Uh, did she, or did she say that it took her a while to come around? <laughs> well, when, 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 I, when I proposed marriage to her, uh, it was sort of like a vo voice out of the wilderness. Who, who said that? <laughs> Where'd that come from? That's me thinking. <laughs> and I'm sure she would have thought the same way. Well, we did have a good conversation following that, and then she did say, yes, she would. That's a lovely story. The answer, Providence. Yes. Is what you wrote. Yeah, I think so. Beautiful. Robert S. Banker, uh, Revisit to Korea. Go check it out, folks. And Mr. Banker, thank you so much, not only for what you've done, but what you do now to honor so many people and to keep well, this alive. I want to alive. thank you so much for having, having me here. It's really a humbling experience. I never dreamed any part of anything would come to anything. And until afterwards, and you find out, and I'm just so appreciative and of what you, the library, Miss Mary Hassler, Bob, and everybody has offered. So. Well, to paraphrase, paraphrase Ronald Reagan when he uh, spoke at a tribute to the Marine Corps. He said, "Some folks go through life wondering if they've made a difference. The Marines don't have that problem. Well, no, neither does Bob Banker." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Bob. Okay, and speaking of people who make a difference every day, the library. We have another, oh, only another minute or two minutes. All right. What amazing things is going on upcoming at the library? Uh, we have some fun programming this week I would like to talk about. Um, I'd also like to remind folks that our summer reading challenge for 2019 uh, is ending on August 31st. So if you have uh, any last-minute books your children need to, to add to their list, uh, make sure they, they get that done and submitted. Um, for our um, children that do complete, they are provided tickets to an Iron Birds game. So the last game for that is Friday, August 30th at 7.05. So make sure that you um, get those completions in, um, pick up your prizes so that you can uh, attend that Iron Birds game. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I've heard good things about the team this year. Yes. Bob, six, I'm sure you know more about that. Six players uh, made the All-Star team. Yes. And we had Adley Reichman here, who is the number one pick in the whole draft. And he, he parked a 400-foot home run last week. That's fantastic. So, <clears throat> so good things happening at the Ironbirds, so make sure you go and you, you get that free ticket. Um, I also want to mention that tomorrow at the Joppa Library from 1 to 4 p.m., we have a family event planned. It's the Outer Space Library Breakouts. Uh, this is one of those uh, uh, challenges where you work as a team um, to break out of a locked space. Um, so they're going to give you clues and riddles and puzzles. You'll have a time limit, and it'll be up to you and your family and friends to uncover all those clues and unlock the locks. So that's going to be something fun. Um, and then I also just wanted to mention on Wednesday, August 28th, at the Jarrettsville Library, uh, 2 to 4 p.m. for grades 8 through adult, we have a tech time. Um, so this is when you can explore 
our STEM resources, our new technologies, and virtual reality. Like Bob was mentioning before, you can put on those virtual reality uh, goggles and you can find out, you know, if your fear of heights is real or uh, perceived by, uh, by finding out if you can really step outside of that elevator uh, or if your fear will hold you back. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time and it's a good place to explore some of those new technologies, um, you know, for free. So if you want to participate, stop by Jarrett'sville on Wednesday. Um, as always, we have tons of programming. Make sure you check out our events calendar online for a complete list of programs. And we also have our Headlines and Happenings magazine available at all of our library branches, which has a full list of all of our programs. I know September, uh, the September, October, November issue is about to come out as well. So stay tuned for those. Are you going to have uh, the virtual reality again this year at the gala? cannot confirm or deny any of the exciting things happening at the library ah. this year, but I can tell you that there will be uh, STEM technology involved. Okay. Boy, you're too, too, too hard nuts to crack. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Button and banker. <laughs> well, mine's anonymous. I'm not saying anything more. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have good things coming up. The Abingdon Library is going to be open some time in the next six weeks the abingdon library will be reopening soon um it is is definitely um coming along nicely uh it is going to be fantastic there are also surprises there that i've been sworn to secrecy so we can kind of um have an exciting reveal once we do reopen um but that will be um that will be soon so stay tuned we'll be posting all of our updates on the reopening um, on the library website and on facebook so uh there will definitely be some some changes. You'll you'll be able to walk in and and kind of just say wow. So we're looking forward to that coming. Well, back. I go to the Bel Air Library all the time, and uh, it's a definitely testimony to how dedicated the Abingdon Library patrons are to their library because they have filled up the Bel Air Library, and I'm sure yes. they've filled up. Uh, they have uh, filled some of Abingdon. our other branches as well. Yes, they are making great use of, of our 11 branches. So, But we are excited to, to get that back and um, and show folks what we've been working on. All righty. Great. Robert Banker, thank you again. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Jennifer, thank you very much. Thank you, sir, and thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Uh, that's all the time that we have for the Harford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a small project at home that you've been putting off? Need some help but don't need a large contractor? For more than seven years, D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc. in Aberdeen has been offering residential and light commercial renovations, remodeling, and maintenance to clients in the Hartford County area. Their professional and efficient staff work on installations of windows, doors, siding, kitchen and bath remodels, and more. Customer service and satisfaction is of paramount importance in D.R. Curry Contracting, Inc.'s continued success, no matter the budget. It's time to get that project done. Call 410-272-8779. That's 410-272-8779. Let D.R. Curry, Inc. make your dream renovation become a reality.